0: a continent to love a people changing the world you're listening to the voice of africa podcast we unearth compelling stories of trailblazers across disciplines of african descent learn from their strategies challenges and successes as you build your own vision-driven future hi there in this interview meet makumbi muleba In this podcast, we discuss his life, career as an entrepreneur and musician, and the importances of art, creativity, and its influence amongst ourselves. Let's get right into it.
1: Hello, people. Welcome to the Voice of Africa podcast. We have a very special guest with us today, who goes by Makumbi Muleba, a creative solutionist from Zambia, Africa who also owns a company called Cyber Graffiti has worked in Hawaii, conversion music, and stream cut music. Can you tell us a little bit about your childhood growing up?
2: So my childhood, like most African kids, was something that I consider like adventurous. You know, there's always like these moments where you're like, after school, you, you quickly run to like your, your friend's uh, house, watch cartoons. You're doing all kinds of like, adventurous stuff. And just growing up in Zambia is something that I cherish to this day. And one thing I really appreciate the most about this, that whole upbringing, is the nurture kind of system that uh, in most African homes that really groom and prepare like one for like the very competitive world out there.
1: Okay, that's very interesting. And, you know, living in Zambia, you decided to move to the United States why why was that why did you pick usa instead of you know uk or canada or any other country
2: no it's so funny cuz like initially i, I had kind of applied to the uk but when it I wasn't very decisive with with like the whole yeah. aspect of where i want to go it's just like i had external pressures from like my family or this that that but when it came to deciding like a university to go to um, i had the help or the liberty of like uh, well, my art teacher kind of like nudged me in that direction because like the U.S. was some a place that I always wanted to go because like I was so fascinated by like the the um, the lifestyle and the TV shows I, I mostly watched were like from there and the opportunities there were just like so immense. So I always wanted to just go there. So in, during high school, my art teacher, Mr. Temple, saw potential in my art because I used to take art classes in high school. And he saw the potential in my art, and he, he was kind of like, had spoken about how my art is like, it, he, he saw a bigger picture for it, basically. Okay. And he, he told me, oh, there's this school called SCAD, you should check it out and all these things. And I wasn't too sure, because SCAD stands for Savannah College of Art and Design. And the main campus is in Savannah, but he wanted me to go to Atlanta. So like, based on our conversation, uh, I was very like, through it, I was like, yo, I actually need to like (laughs) prepare myself. So I had even like, I think this was during the time of form five, which is like 12th grade for IGCSE exams. So I was preparing for that. And we just ended up having this long conversation. I even forgot about like school for a moment. And it, it went into this whole thing of him explaining like, as an artist, this would help shape you in this kind of way. And I clearly remember, like, tapping him on the shoulder and saying, like, kind of excusing him to stand up and so that I can sit in the chair and apply on the computer, like immediately. So one thing led to another. I applied, and my family was kind of like, not sure about the whole, arts, the whole art. The art, art, you know how it is for African families kids yeah so it was something that wasn't very much you know like celebrated or whatever the word you you could use for that so initially my mom didn't like the whole idea of like art school and the fact that it was expensive and it was so far away because it's all the way in the u.s which is like so many hours like flying and long story short did my undergrad there currently pursuing my master's in fine arts and advertising at the same school. Wow, that's huge. So that's pretty much yeah, where I'm at.
1: I hope you've been able to you know, change the, um, their mindset now on the whole art, art Yeah, yeah. I've,
2: you know, I've, been, I've collected so many like, accolades and achievements from there mm. that have really built into my personal life and professional life as well. So it's, it's been a very good like, opportunity to just go through with that.
1: Okay, that's interesting. So how would you say, you know, your personal experiences have shaped the way you approach your job plus job acquisition?
2: Um, in so many ways, because like with, with my professional and personal life, I kind of also add into the mix with social, because with me, I'm very sociable. I like to talk to people, get to know them. And that's even before I jump into the whole professional aspect of it. Because I feel like when you initiate and establish uh, relationships with people, just genuinely, people would like just naturally gravitate or just resonate with that whole experience of like getting to know them, asking them what their favorite, could it could either be artist or band or whatever. Just normal conversation. People tend to like gravitate through casual conversations and I think that's what has helped build into my personal and professional life and that's what has helped me like connect with so many artists so many um, producers and all kinds of influences
1: yeah that's very cool um, you know you, you mentioned that you've had a lot of accolades in your you know career your educational career in the past couple of years what project have you worked on that you felt most
2: passionate or enriched by? I don't know. I, that's one thing I always have a challenge. I don't think I have a project that I'm fondly like proud of. Yes, I have done stuff with like prominent artists and acts, mm-hmm. but I haven't reached the level of satisfaction in 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 what in a project I can consider like this is something that I'm very proud of. But I've been actively just working towards like like just like the building blocks of the stepping stones towards something that i really want to consider my dream project
1: okay i can actually relate with that as well because i feel like it's kind of hard because especially when you put you know pressure on yourself and you know you have high expectations for yourself or high standard like meeting those standards are pretty pretty hard when you're you know that type of person who puts that type of pressure on
3: yourself exactly
1: so throughout your professional and, you know, your educational career, have you ever found that you had to prove yourself or defy people's expectations of you based on your like racial identity?
2: I don't like, I think most definitely because like just, it's, it becomes more of a challenge even when you're, cause like one thing, yeah, I'm black. Mm-hmm. Then the next thing is I'm an international student. So it's like an extra like layer to that whole situation Uh, that kind of like makes it harder for me to acquire certain opportunities and um, you know, like, but I don't really give into the whole thing of it. I don't let it get to me, but I just continue to charge through like the obstacles because one thing I firmly believe is just the effort, you know, countlessly just pushing forward. Cause if, if you give into it, you tend to like, lack and be stagnant and use that
1: so use as well yeah
2: exactly i'm a person who's very perseverant you know i don't really take people's like decisions on me like like openly i'm very much like a free mind you know
1: yeah and that's how you have to be too because at the end of the day you can't really people affect anything you do um that's that's just how life is and people are always going to have a perception of you no matter what because of how you look so as soon as you get that like mentality out of your head and you know just keep pushing forward just keep working towards your goal i feel like that's the only way you can actually make it has there been a time where you felt that you no longer have to defy anyone's expectations of you
2: yeah just like the same thing i had mentioned like i'm a person like from a very young age i've always been like Free-minded, you know. I I'm not very. I'm not very influenced by people's like decisions on my life. Mm-hmm. Like usually, I have to internally approve of the situation if I if I want to like go forth with it. But most of the my most of the time, I'm very strong-willed in what I do or what I think is right. So uh, people don't tend to like sway me, even if someone has um criticism based on like my work or like my profession. I'm not very into the whole idea like, oh yeah, they're saying this about me. I'm very much like, oh, that's their opinion. Okay. And I have my own way of thinking and kinda like executing my own either designs or style or art art artwork, you know?
1: So what drives you as a young African man? Is it success or money? Or you know the girls or <laughs>
2: I don't know. Like with me, it's what really pushes me a lot is um, curiosity okay. because as much as money is essential to push towards these dreams that we're trying to attain mm. and success obviously comes through like that hard work and and the achievements that come with it. But with me, it's more about curiosity. If I'm able to like be curious enough to figure out, okay, how do I solve this problem? You know, how do I overcome this situation? Because Curiosity, without curiosity, I don't think we'll be able to like catapult ourselves further into like, um, into into helping build like infrastructure, or, like industry for Africa. For example, like Africa is the third world continent. Yeah. And we, we, my younger self, looking at America, which is the first world, with all these opportunities, all these things going on, I'm curious enough to say, like, how do I get there? Mm-hmm. How do I build those stepping stones to get into that uh, position? So it's that, that's the main thing with me curiosity. Without that, I don't think it, it, it can, like without that, I'm not defined as who I am. Okay. So that's my main element.
1: And just like you, you just mentioned right now, Africa is a you know, turbulent continent. Um, how crucial is the role of today's young African in the development of the continent? from moving into a third world, into, you know, first world?
2: Um, it's very crucial because, like, if you think about it, we're the next generation. Mm-hmm. And if, if you put that into perspective, we are the ones who are going to take over from the previous generation. Right. So we just need to prepare ourselves by being very culturally aware and being able to understand just, like, the economic, and just, like, basically, like, the economic way of things, you know? Like, you need to account, like, okay, as a leader, I need to understand what's lacking in this economy. For example, let's say you want to focus on Ghana or Zambia. you got to understand those fundamentals in order to help build impact. Because me coming from, like, the U.S. as a student back home, like, during this period, is eye-opening because I'm so accustomed to, like, the way things are that side and coming back home it shows me like the loopholes or like the gaps Mm -hmm. you know the things that i feel like need to be worked on like for example the health um ministry there's a lot of working that needs to be put into the educational aspect especially with the whole covid situation in the u.s it's easy with this zoom thing but a lot of african countries are not very accustomed to this System, you know that is so robust in America, but it's very scarce in Africa. So a lot of people are trying to figure out how can we be more effective in the whole learning, like the whole teaching-learning aspect, you know, with the pandemic going on. So it's these things that we need to understand as the youth of tomorrow, you know, the leaders of tomorrow.
1: Right, right. I definitely agree with you on that. You know, you're a hardworking guy. Do you have a work-life balance? And so, how do you achieve that?
2: Yeah, like I had mentioned earlier on uh, about the whole social, professional, and personal. Social and personal are two things that I consider important to me because like being able to socialize, because as much as I'm doing professional, professional life could be can be very tiring, stressful, and all, all kinds of things. But if you have a nice balance between your social and personal, it creates like this very fluid, like work life, you know, because you're able to like take a break, uh, chat with some friends, because even in that process, you're still kind of like semi-working.
3: Because
2: like, let's say I'm having a problem, I'm at a crossroad with something my professional, then I go to my social, I'm able to like, for example, I'm chatting with you right now and I'm kind of like talking to you about something I'm working on in my professional, through our conversation, there might be um, a, a silver lining through that, that I could translate into my, my professional. And with the personal, it being me being able to like now take time to myself, meditate, like I go to a park, go to like a place of just like, you know, peace or like whatever tranquilent environment you want to be in so by having those good balances in your social and uh, personal you'll be able to positively affect your professional
0: you are still listening to the voice of africa podcast unveiling a continental love a people changing the world in the rest of the interview Makumbi talks about founding his very own business and the seemingly apparent closed mindedness Africa has on art and creativity.
1: Okay. Yeah, I really like the way you put it. That. that was really insightful. What motivated you to start your company, Cyber Graffiti?
2: That's a very, very important question. <laughs> so, like, initially, Cyber Graffiti started as a dance school like, this was back in high school. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea was just to express talent and working hard towards a common dream, you know. Cause like at the time, you had the Chris Browns, the Step Ups, yeah. so you know, heavily influenced by that whole culture. And at the time, like I was a huge Chris Brown fan, and this was like around 2012, no, 2010 to to like maybe even up to now. But there was that there was a huge like um, time where I was like heavily influenced. I used to watch his music videos. To learn his dance moves and all that, and actually, cyber graffiti was actually inspired by Chris Brown's 20, 2009 um, uh, album Graffiti. Oh, wow. So, the album because at the time Chris Brown had this like fascination with like tech, robots, art, and specifically gra- graffiti because he used to do like these murals and all that stuff. And in his I Can Transform You uh, music video, there was a lot of like robotic. Um, uh, special effects and all that stuff. So when in, in the late summer of 2013 I was trying to put together a dance crew and I was thinking of like a name and I, while, while I was listening to Chris Brown's graffiti um, album because I used to use that for like dance practice and all that stuff. So it hit me I was like yo because I'm, I'm as much fascinated with tech and art because I used to take art classes and design.
3: Yeah.
2: So just like it hit me something something simple and perfect cyber graffiti sounds like uh cybernetics with the whole aspect of art and this was just like a perfect blend of like um the robotic dubs the dance moves with abstract expressions okay that's how i kind of defined it
1: okay that's very interesting so how exactly did you get into design? I know you were talking about being in art class and all that. Was this, that was just something you were always interested in as a kid? Or was there someone that, you know, got you into the whole art process? I know you like Chris Brown and all that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. Like from, um, from um, I've always been artistic from a very young age because my mom used to have, like, she used to buy, like, jigsaw puzzles and all this stuff. And I used to sell them like real quick and bought me Legos. So I was very into the whole aspect of the creative and design, you know, like building. Mm -hmm. So like um, I became more aware. I wasn't really aware of it at the time, but as I got into high school, I was more aware of it because I had already established cyber graffiti and I kind of got bored of the whole idea of just like dance. I needed to incorporate something different, you know, something that, that made it like wholesome. So when I was taking my art and design classes, my art teacher, Mr. Tembo, was aware of like my dancing and all that stuff. And advised me like, yo, why don't you add like these, some of these designs you're doing in these art classes to what you're doing. And then he was like, maybe you can even print them on t-shirts. And funny enough, like, I just started from there, so I had one friend. His name is um, John Kapila. So he, he used to work at this uh, small print shop at the mall. So I, I would go there because my mom used to travel a lot, so she used to buy these like blank teas. So I would I would get the teas for my mom then go to my friend John, and he would like print them, you know, like on yeah. discount. So I really owe a lot to Mister Timbo and uh, John for like having started that foundational. I guess, developing my design skills, you know, and just like into the whole, thing of expanding time, we could fit into something else.
1: Okay. Yeah, out with those guys for sure. Because <laughs> they definitely influence and of yeah. where you are today. Um, in your opinion, can you describe the work of a great designer?
2: I don't know, like to me, something just short and simple, not to even make it any long, anything long, is yeah. love what you do, persevere through the obstacles simply that's all i can say
1: okay you know yeah you don't have to complicate that
2: (laughs) yeah simple as that you know love what you do and just persevere through the obstacles that's all you can do
1: what would you say is your strongest skill and how have you honed that skill over the the past couple of years
2: yeah so i I mentioned it uh early on so my strongest skill right now or that i've continuously like nurtured is curiosity because it's the catalyst in me solving problems. So that's my strongest skill at the moment.
1: Okay. So you know, you have worked with various celebrities. I've seen pictures with you with Big Sean, you know, Kendrick Lamar,
3: um,
1: yeah. Diana <laughs> Taylor, and a couple of other artists. Well, has there been any time where you were like starstruck? Maybe you got in front of anyone, like really there? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> so funny story. I'm, I'm going to break it down to you. So one celebrity that really... Like got me off guard was uh, Kendrick. So, yep. I had first met him in uh, 2015. So, my friend and I, uh, Daniel Cobb, had, had gone to this um, his concert. So, this was like my first ever concert ever. So, this was no, in Atlanta. My
3: first concert was Kendrick, too.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's mad. So, yeah, we had gone to... This was in Atlanta. So, we had gone to Tabernacle, which is like a concert venue in, uh, in Atlanta. And uh, Kendrick just had kick-started his tour there. It was called the Quintel Group Sessions. So after like, the show was done and everything, we well, were about to leave. Then uh, my friend Daniel was like, no, 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 we got to wait, bro. He, he might show up. So he, we had to wait by his tour. But I was just like, "Yo, bro, let's just go home. Because I, I didn't understand the whole thing with concerts and the whole system of mechanics around it. So it's like, okay, uh, we'll wait, bro. So in hopes of, like, waiting for this guy, I was just like, ah, is he, are you sure he's going to show up? Yeah. And just before you know it, this dude is walking towards, like, the barricade. He's walking. He's, he's like, bro. I was like, yo, this is happening. Yeah, it's actually him. He's, like, <laughs> with, he's, like, with a hoodie. He's walking. And then, yo, yeah, I'm, like, panicking. I'm like, yo, what, what, what should I say? Because I can't spoil this moment. You know, it might be once in a life kind of thing. Yeah. So he was approaching us and the first thing that just came out of my mouth was just like praise of his artistry, you know? And I know it's kind of cliche, but it was just the first thing that just came to mind. I got to appreciate this dude like right here. Mm. And then as I got my rational thoughts together, I had asked him because at the time I was doing graphic design before I changed my major. So I was just, because I was new into the whole Atmosphere of the American like creative world and all that stuff. So I had asked him like, "What's your advice on being a creative like for me, like someone who's trying to get into the whole industry?" Then he told me like, "Love what you do and just run with it." He just made it so simple for me to just digest that, and ever since then, this has just stayed with me. And I even have uh, signed uh, vinyl to Pimp Butterfly that he personally signed. Well, that's your- actually. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Yeah,
1: so what other um celebrities have you worked with? Um, oh, apart from the ones that I've mentioned, um, I know I got full
3: again,
2: Lonnie, um, yeah, TDE, Lil Uzi, Don Cannon, Drum 'cause Because I had worked for uh, Atlantic yeah. Records for some time. Um, yeah, oh. there's a list in my head that kind of like. Fine,
1: yeah, you're like, bigger a day real quick. You're like, she's too many of them,
2: <laughs> yeah. But there's, there's a handful of artists that I've worked with. Like, the favorite, I think some of the favorite people I've worked with is like Wale, Big Sean, Kelani, mm-hmm. Kendrick, and his team. Because these pe- these are people, oh, i uh, Mac Miller as well, the late Mac Miller. Oh, that's and amazing. these are people that you know, like, as much as a small figure I am to them their team showed me appreciation. Like, I remember when I, when I showed Kelani, because one of my, my friends at the time, or well, still my friend, what am I saying? Still my friend, but at the time, we we're not, like, friends. I just had met them through an opportunity. So they had um, helped me get to Kelani because they, they found out that I was doing the geo-filters and they rushed me into meeting Kelani. And Kelani immediately was, like, so, like, Like fascination, like yo, this is like sick. This is cool. She's even trying to call our manager to come and like see this and all that. And I ended up meeting like the rest of her and her team and all that. And at the time, like LMA wasn't big at the time, so I was hanging out with 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 her and all these people. So it was like a very cool experience, you know, just to get to know some of these people that people like wild out for, you know. Especially the more I I did this, the the Less it became like intimidating, it was more of like now casual, you know. I see this person, then it's just easy to talk to them, you know. It's not even a yeah. hard thing to do anymore,
1: yeah. That's actually really cool, especially like you know, from someone coming from Zambia, Africa, and like looking up to these celebrities and stuff yeah. like that. And then you go to America, yeah. you work harder, then you do meet celebrities and work with them. That That's actually really
2: insane, yeah. Because <laughs> literally, my cousin and I would be at either at my house or at his house watching like channel o mtv Base, and i think at the time we would watch a lot of like um the kendrick videos the drake videos and all that stuff so it was always like just like wow like because it's such um an abstract dream to even think like someone from zambia would uh, interact with these kind of people because even to me sometimes when i think of it like it's it's like wow! Like I actually did that.
1: Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. It's actually crazy to just sit back sometimes and just reflect on the things that you've done. You're know, like,
2: wow.
1: Yeah. You can be tough on yourself. I'm just grateful. That's all okay. I
2: can say. Just being grateful. For.
1: So, can you um, you know, give us some information on the role you played in, you know, stream cuts media and conversion music along with Hawaii?
2: Oh Yeah, yeah for sure. So at Huawei. Uh, I did a lot of like digital marketing and strategy for digitization development in rural areas. So basically just showing the impact that technology can have in these rural areas. So one of our focuses was like looking at how, for example, a farmer in a rural area, if he wants to communicate with with his audience or like market share, he could have a phone or he could, yeah, and with the same phone, he could, create maybe a page on Facebook. So through the internet, like it becomes like digital marketing now, like where he's able to tell people like, oh, I have so-and-so like vegetables, I have so-and-so like uh, this. So it becomes easier rather than him traveling all the way there without any prior preparation, you know, like of like knowing, are these people going to really see? So that way it just saves him more, more time and all that stuff. So I was doing a lot of that stuff. Behind the scenes in in Huawei, yeah. and at Streamcut, I did a lot of like brand activation, graphic design, digital marketing for musical artists, and I actually got the opportunity to do stuff for like Gunna, The Baby, young bands, and this was way before they blew up. So I was doing stuff for like the the pages, like just the whole digital marketing, advertising like helping them, advising them on like rollouts and all that stuff. Then that, that was like, ma- mainly like the highlight of my job there. Then at Conservation Music, I was a filming assistant for like a music video we did in Zambia. And this ended up even in an article in National Geographic. Wow. So that, that, that was like really, really cool. Yeah, it's huge.
1: So what are you passionate, you know, besides design and music? What do you do in your free time?
2: Honestly, one, like music, is something prominent in my life. I'm pa- very passionate. Like not from the aspect of helping others work on it, but me personally working on my own music. Mm. So I love to write and record music. That's like something I I like. Are
1: there any projects you're currently working on,
2: music-wise? Yeah, um, so I'm currently trying to release an EP, but it's just. So difficult with school going on with the pandemic. So because I was initially supposed to drop it this month because I've made I've I've recorded most of it. I just need to like do some final touches and re-record some s- some parts and then make some master it. But I just haven't had time because I'm um, I didn't really plan to travel to Zambia. So it's just it's been up and about. So i have just i have just decided to take time with it, you know, and not rush it, but I've recorded most of like the, the project.
1: Okay. So are you content with where you are now in life, you know, almost about a finish your master's degree or you think there's more room for personal growth?
2: Yeah. Like with me, I'm one person who, is, who isn't easily satisfied with like titles or in any form of accolades. Yeah. For me, it's just more about just continuously working, you know, to impacting like lives and all that stuff. Because, like, currently, because I have like, I think a year left till I, yeah, a year left till I finish my master's, but then I'm also considering doing a PhD. So I'm just trying to continuously learn and give myself like opportunities. Because sometimes as an international student, there's so much restriction to what I can do. But with having, like, academic, academia as your, your spokesperson becomes easier. Because, like, with master's, I've had some form of respect that allows me to pursue certain ventures. And with PhD, it even broadens the, the scope of, like, what I can do, you know, because I can initiate policies and all that stuff with a, as yeah. a PhD Uh, degree holder
1: Uh, so so how can africa you know put more spotlight on building africans creative industry and academia
2: so one thing i always try to like uh, educate like my fellow africans is being more open-minded to the creative and artistic industry and just the benefits that it could bring to like a country and its economy because like especially our parents' generation or even the generation before, they're very naive to the whole aspect of like art and creativity. It's more considered as a hobby or just something that's, you know, doesn't mean much. You know, it's just there to be appreciated but not seeing the true value in what it can do for like industries, economies and all that stuff. So that's what I can advise. Just being more open-minded to the whole idea because places like America makes millions of dollars or even billions of dollars through Mm -hmm. art. Right. Right.
1: Right. How do you wish to see the future of Africa? And how do you wish the problems that are, you know, present now could be solved in the future?
2: So with me, I kind of see the whole, like I would love to see more of like ownership in Africa, you know? That's Mm -hmm. one thing I'm mainly hoping that could be eventually, like, um, uh, solved. And as well as seeing more, like, African talents creating, like, local content, like the movies, the animations, cartoons, even maybe even video games, you know. Because we're we're such um, a a mass, like, um, continent, you know, and there's so many creative people. You have Mr. Easy doing the Empower Africa thing. And you have all these other people doing, like, like, Akon is even building his own city. So if we, have, we can have more people doing like, you know, stuff that actually impacts people because we have so many billionaires in, in Africa on, on its own. And if we could just utilize those finances to help, you know, with the ownership aspect and just kind of like pushing, pushing money into like these local industries.
1: So if you, what suggestions will you have for any upcoming designers, you know, that are looking up to you?
2: So I would honestly tell them you, you got to think of more than one source of like income, you know, just more than one like art form that you're focusing on. Because we live in a very transforming world with technology and people's attention spans are not very quite the way they used to. So you got to think of more than one. You got to be a multi-hustler because you can't solely depend on one venture because there are higher risks or if, if it fails, you know, if you just focus on one thing and it fails. So you really got to invest in yourself and seeing how your ideas could be translated into like value-purposed things, you know?
1: Right. So how can the Voice of Africa, you know, support you and contribute to your causes?
2: Uh, this interview is already something that initiates the first step, you know, and eventually maybe in the long run, like forming some kind of partnership that caters towards like positive impact.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then shining more spotlight on, you know, creatives as well in the future. Uh, Something that we're going to start is, you know, having a column section just for like designers, Uh, you know, there's creatives in general, so we can put more spotlight on them as well, because, you know, they shouldn't be looked looked upon and they should be definitely, you know, have just as much accolades or giving just as much know spotlight that the artists or you know the athletes are, are being given so yeah we're going to do our part and i really appreciate you coming on and chatting with us mr mike john uh you know hope sure. collaborate with something in the future you know we're going to come to zambia soon so hopefully we can collaborate
2: yeah that'll be amazing oh, yeah. i really appreciate like just this opportunity to kind of like speak about not just myself, but in a way as a mutual conversation that a lot of Africans need to have you know because i feel like especially with our generation we are very fast thinkers and innovative so we need to have more of these conversations that kind of like inspire and just initiate like like um ideas that could help transform like the way or the perception of like Africa because right now there's there's a lot going on with how as i mentioned like mr easy doing this and that and even the fact that you're doing this voice of africa and amplifying these creative people like these people who are doing something huge for like uh, not only their country but for the continent as well yeah for yeah,
0: sure hey there we hope you enjoyed this interview if you did make sure you subscribe to our channel and leave a review and if you already have share this interview with anyone who might be inspired by it also you can send us a review on how to serve you best Join us in our next podcast where we discuss more relevant issues in regards to Africans and Africa as a whole, and how we may better our already bountiful and beautiful home. Catch you on the next episode.